the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans 8, 14. It's important that even when we run a service, we run it according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That is the church that is alive and really wants to make a difference for God. These two services today have been awesome and they have been synced into one by the Holy Spirit. From the medley at the dawn service to the praise worship to the word prayer session at the second service to the worship and the powerful testimonies everything I just see God putting all the bits and pieces together that's why you, you should belong to a local assembly belong I want to beg those of you who are still shuttling between churches if the Lord led you here belong here those who are planted in the house of the Lord, the Bible says in Psalm 92, verse 13, shall flourish in the courts of our God. This is the house of lifting. No matter who you are, the grace of God upon this house has no respect for your background. God is no respecter of persons. It has no respect for your troubles. The grace will lift you in the name of Jesus. At the end of my message, I'm going to ask that we fill a survey. Those of you that have filled the survey before, you don't need to fill it again. But those of us who came for the second service, I got a link to a survey from the senior pastor. It will take an average of about five minutes just for us to know what's actually working so we know where to focus our energy. How did you get to this church? How did you join? How did you get to know about us? Some by the spirit, some by advert, some by social media, some one-on-one -on -one from a friend. When the senior pastor called me last night, I, we laughed over the phone together because I told him, I said, for me, he was saying that he thinks that word of mouth, one-on-one -on -one invitation is very potent. Um, it's not just people joining the church. Anybody can join and then over time they disappear. But those who join and stay are the people that we want because those are the testimonies that we can talk about in the long run. And I said to him, sir, that was how I joined this church. Two of my friends invited me. I didn't like this church because your ladies will not cover their hair. And they were wearing trousers. And they wear earrings. How can they make heaven? That was the background I was coming from. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Ignorance is a terrible mountain. There is no mountain anywhere. The mountain of every man is his ignorance. When you become a spiritual ignoramus, what already has become yours, you still be asking for it. I never knew that God could use ladies wearing trousers, not covering their hair, wearing earrings. I never knew. And almost a year, they kept inviting me. Finally, they toasted me and wooed me. They said, you look like our senior pastor. See, in fact, this native you are wearing today, one Sunday afternoon, the native was touched. A and was flowing. They said, this is how our pastor dresses. You need to just come and see him. Just come and listen to him. Reluctantly. Reluctantly. I came to one Bible study and he was teaching Psalm 23. And he got to verse 5. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Prior to that time, I'd never heard anybody teach the Bible like that. 
thought the Bible was meant to be preached. And we were meant to be sleeping during the message. Because we slept, in my former church, we slept, our eyes and lips were swollen. Not just, so, I came and for one hour, a man was on one verse. And I had never experienced that in my life. One verse of scripture. Of course, he will go to other verses, but he will come back to that one. I said, no, I'm coming back next Wednesday. The following Wednesday I came, I was blessed again. The following Wednesday I came. So every Wednesday as I was coming, I said, Lord, you spoke to me last week. Because God now began to speak to me directly. The man didn't know me, I didn't know him. I used to sit in the corner there. The altar was here. So I sat in that corner. I was sneaking and sit at the back. Finally, I came on a Sunday service. After I lost my father, my biological father, and I left the church. So I came, and um, the title of the message was, God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. Nobody had ever told me before that God had a plan for me. My life was distraught, was disjointed. I felt disenfranchised and disoriented at that moment in my life. I had so many decisions to make. And then my father died in the middle of those decisions. So it was as if my dream died. It was my big dream. And he was the only financier of that dream. So where was God when my father was dying? And this man is telling me God has a plan. I listened to that message. He changed me forever. I came the following Sunday. Nobody invited me anymore. Nobody needed to invite me. Came the next Sunday. And the title of the message was God has a place for you. My own generation didn't bring phone to church. We brought the Bible. We brought our jotter and our pen. I am who I am today, by the grace of God, a product of nothing else but the word of God. Everything God has done in my life since that time, I was single, I had no money, I had no, nothing, just a plan. I didn't even know the plan very well. Today I'm married, I have children. I have, God has increased me. Everything has come from the word. Everything that was like a dream to me. I mean, I grew up in Mokola. Going abroad was a major thing. Those of you that came from well-to-do backgrounds, you have a background. For us, there was only ground. There was no back. <laughs> God began to open international doors. Without me lobbying anywhere. I've never in my life called anybody on the phone, please, can you invite me to your country? When I did it, it didn't work. But my strength, when God showed up, I was in America one time, they were inviting me for a program in London. I said, I don't have time, I'm sorry. I would just be getting to Nigeria and I needed to go and minister in the church. After that call, I say, me no. Me, I can say, I'm in America and they're saying, I should come to London. I say, I don't have time. My mother was selling pepper in front of the house. That was family business. Everything, the capital, the total capital of that business was not worth 5,000 naira. But see what God has done today. By his word. Listen, Expression House. The greatest disservice you can do to yourself, this is not the devil, this is you, to yourself, is to come to church and be fiddling with your phone in the course of the service. Every part of the service is important. God puts everything together. So every part of the service, 
whether it's prayer time or testimony time, no, it's not time to joke around. Listen, because what he says to one, he says to all. And what God does in one person's life, he can replicate in the lives of other people. I, the day I shared my testimony of how God gave me my first U.S. visa, the pastor of the Potter's Planet, Pastor Mrs. Muturayo Adediron, was at the crossover service. I quoted two scriptures that God gave me to ensure that visa came through. She wrote them down. She came to me after and said she was planning to apply for a U.S. visa. I said, okay, I agree with you, Grandma. And I put her through the practical aspect of the application. She went and got the visa. When she came back, she said, I used your scripture to get the visa. I said, no, they are scriptures of the Holy Spirit. Eh, he gave you. I wrote them down. Imagine if that was the time she was on Facebook or Twitter. She would have missed those scriptures and she would have missed the visa. I went to minister in Stone Church, Lagos. Same thing happened. Because God is no respecter of persons. I went to minister in Akpete, Akpete Ibadan. She had the same thing. Same thing happened. The pastor is in Canada now. God is no respecter of persons. What he says to one, he says to all. The Bible says the same Lord overall is rich unto all that call upon him. Don't come to this church fiddling with your phone. You are doing yourself a disservice. The longest we can stay together is four hours. Longest, maximum. I mean second service. And second service shouldn't be up to four hours anyway. Nine to maybe 11, 11, 30, three and a half hours. That's the longest. You still have about 20 hours on your own. You can play with your phone then. In the presence of the Lord, give him reverence that God is in the house so that when your word comes, you can recognize this is for me. Tap into it. Go and happen to your world. The Lord will bless you in the name of Jesus. Going forward, please, if the ushers find you fiddling with your phone, I will empower them to seize the phone. And this is the house of God you cannot fight. They will give it to you after the service. Okay? But please, let us learn to behave ourselves. This is the, Paul said to Timothy, if I tarry in coming, tell them. It is the house of God, the ground and the pillar of the truth. I beg you, please, so as to know how to behave ourselves. It is not for me. It is not for the ushers. It's for you. Get your word. Write it down. A short pencil is better than a long memory. Write it down. Go back home. Do your own study like the Berean Christians. That is how the word works. It works when it is worked. It doesn't work because a motivational pastor said it or because an inspirational pastor said it. No, it works because you walk it. Please walk the word. There is no sickness that should be sustained in this house. Every sickness should die. Every lack should get out. When we show up, the glory of God should be seen upon our lives. I beg of you. I'll be giving us further instructions as the weeks roll by. Actually, I want a situation where we can get engaged some more as a church family. So we don't just see Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday. We should have a way of connecting even during the week. And please be very passionate about your church. Esther only shared a testimony. I know some of you celebrate other ministries. Thank God for them. Thank God for what God is doing. But Jesus is the same. And if he planted you here, it's not by mistake. Celebrate your church. Tell somebody about your church. Invite people to church. Tell them about Jesus also. 
Do the work of an evangelist and let God do in your life what you cannot do for yourself. I'm so excited because of the word God gave me for this year. By December this year, everyone that listens and obeys, you will have multiple testimonies. Listen, you are not going to have one. You are going to have multiple major testimonies. You will say, God, give me a breakthrough here. God did this for me. God did that for me. God did this for me. Because God told me, multiples is coming in multiples. God is coming big for you this year. I don't care what the politicians are saying. Don't listen to them. Nigeria is very tough at the moment, but don't worry. God knows we are here. God is coming and is going to do things in your life. Major breakthroughs, but they will happen in multiples. Please note these words because they will not fall to the ground. Amen. Let me preach and trust God with me that I'll be able to do a good work in the time that is not too long. I wanted to share with you today what the Lord put in my spirit for the year 2023. That was my promise. But in the course of the week, the Lord said to me that the high point of last Sunday's message was Mark chapter 5 and verse 34. Where Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe. And he said to me to take it up from there because some of his children are living in fear. And that fear is hindering them from, that's actually verse 36 I quoted, from receiving all that he wants to do for them. And that he wants to dispel that spirit of fear. And completely arrest it and put it under check. So that my children can come to that point where they will express the fullness of my glory in their lives. So that's why this message is coming. Most likely it will be a one-off message. I'm trusting God to help me to finish it up. Let's go to Mark chapter 5 from verse 34 to 43. Mark chapter 5 from verse 34. And... My time starts now, so if you're on this system, let my time start now so you don't put me on, <laughs> on too much speed. Mark 5, 34. The title is, Do Not Be Afraid, Only Believe. Let me tell your neighbor, do not be afraid, only believe. Tell another neighbor, be not afraid, only believe. Tell another neighbor, fear not, only believe. The word, the phrase fear not, according to Bible scholars, appears in not less than 365 places in the Bible. What does that mean? One per day. So there is no day that God wants you to fear. Your entire year is covered. But how come we still fear? How come we still come under the influence of fear? Mark 5.34 And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any father? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus by name, Be not Afraid. Only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, 
and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was coming, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado? And weep. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which has been interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. What God will do in your life will astonish people. It will not be a small astonishment. It will be a great astonishment. And he charged them strictly that no man should know it. And commanded that something should be given her to eat. I'd like you to notice that Jesus was going with this man to his house to go and heal his daughter. Because the man made a confession when he came to Jesus. In verse 23. Mark chapter 5. The man besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. That was the first thing he said and that was the last thing he said. The second time he had the opportunity to speak was when they brought the bad news from home. Don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. At that point, he wanted to tell the master. They said, my, etc, etc. No need anymore. But Jesus didn't allow him to undo his faith. He had said, when you come to my house, you lay your hands on my daughter, she shall be healed and she shall live. And Jesus sustained that statement. Church, when you come to church, it's a lot easier to have faith and to confess. I'm blessed and highly favored. But what happens after service? When someone asks you, how about the exam? Oh, I don't know, Jarif, somebody will even make it this time, but Q, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. How about your situation? Ah, well, the symptoms are still there, I don't know. I don't even know if somebody will survive this. How about your finances? Well, we are still managing and coping. We are hoping that uh, someday, I don't know what God is going to do. That is how people undo their faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 tells us, we have in the same spirit of faith, as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken, we also believe and we therefore speak. Faith is expressed by your words. Words are the carriers of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. But faith goes by speaking, speaking the word of God, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. And in Romans 10, 10, the Bible says, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but then with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation, there is the word, the Greek word sozo. Which does not only mean the new birth. It also means healing. It means deliverance. It means prosperity. It means the wisdom of God. So your words are very important. This man could have aborted his miracle by the words of his mouth. But Jesus didn't allow him. Jesus said to him, stop the fear. Only believe. We have to learn to switch on and to keep the faith, the switch of faith on. When you are in a faith journey, it could be a health challenge. It could be a battle raging in your family. Daddy and mommy don't want to see eye to eye. And you don't want your family disintegrated. Things are going on that are not the will of God in your family. Hey, turn on the switch of faith and keep it on until you get your desired result. Faith 
is not supposed to be aborted in the middle. That's what fear tries to do. Fear. Fear tries to abort your faith. That's what Satan tries to do. Satan doesn't want you to walk in faith for a long time. He doesn't mind you taking the shot the short distance. But somewhere in the middle, he will show up and rear his ugly head to stop your faith in the tracks. But listen, you have the spiritual responsibility under God to stop Satan and fear in their tracks. Are you with me, church? This woman shared her testimony. The testimony took too long. It was a testimony of 12 years. It took too long. But hey, did the master know? Was he aware that time was going? But it's the God that collapses time. It doesn't matter what time Jesus gets to your house, Jairus. Let the girl be smelling. She will come back to life. Jesus had in John 11, up until John 12, that Lazarus' friend was sick. Not only that, he didn't go immediately. The guy died. Not only that, he didn't go immediately. He went the fourth day. The fourth day four. After somebody has died, there's no hope again. They've given job to the graphic designers. They have sent it to the printers. Poster all over the place. They've sent some uh, 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 order to Balogu Market in Lagos to take Ankara. They're already printing his face. They're on Kulazi. 0101, the year, to 0202, the year he died. They already contacted an event planner. Everything, they, I mean, they were already talking to the event, event place, event center, talking to MC, uh, DJ, everybody. Well, Uncle Lazi is gone. We have to now bury him in a very befitting way. And then Jesus showed up. The matter said, ah, came too late. If you had come earlier, he said, I'm the, he said, your brother will rise again. That was what Jesus said. He said, I know he will rise on the final day, the day of resurrection. No, I am the resurrection and the life. The one that collapses time. God never comes late. He will never be late. Nobody can ever say that God is late. Therefore, I'm not going to pray for you that God will not be late in your life. Because he cannot be late. Can I have an Amen. The reason certain things come, they appear to come late, is because God is giving you the latest. When it arrives, it is going to be the latest, not the old model. Are you with me, church? Is that because the older will do a new thing? On the journey, this woman had taken too much time. Jesus was also taking time to respond to the woman with the issue of blood. Sad news came. Faith! Of Jairus was going to get out of the window. And fear was going to take hold of him. But Jesus looked him eyeball to eyeball. Fear not. Only believe. And Jairus in his mind said. Sir. Yes sir. You know when you want to cry. But you are holding. You are fighting back the tears. You just heard she has died. But the man said fear not. Okay. Faith is a fight. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 12, Fight! The good fight of faith. I say to you, expression as, Fight! The good fight of faith. Don't give up! Imagine if Esther Ajani had given up the fight. When the young man said, Take off your clothes! He wanted to rape her. A thief. He has come to steal. To kill. And to destroy. Do you know he could have? She could have given up, and then he would have his way. He would rape her, and after raping her, and then stab her in the neck, and she would have died right there. Whatever you get by compromise, you lose by compromise. Remind yourself, I'm a child of the living God. 
So no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And the Holy Ghost helped her. Somebody's coming with a knife. Somebody picks a Bible. Don't you see that the things of God appear in the eyes of men to be foolish? Yet the foolishness of God is wiser than men. In fact, God saves people through the foolishness of preaching. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Boldness came. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. He took off. Only God knows what he saw and took off. A Bible cannot make somebody run away. But God showed him something. And then she ran after him. I said, I love that. She ran after him and was still, Jesus. And then she was, he was running. She was running after him. That guy will get home that day and say, hey, he must shoot me. It means quickly, quickly. An elderly person is oi, who is going to pay? Secretario. Because somebody rose up like Deborah, a mother in Israel, in the days of Shamgar. May the spirit of boldness come upon you. <laughs> the future is not for the lily liver, though. The future is for those who are in Christ. That's why, I mean, I didn't know I'll be preaching this today and she'll be sharing this testimony. But God put all of this together. She shared with me maybe two weeks ago or last week. I didn't have this message in mind until a few days ago when the Lord brought the message. I didn't even know the testimony was coming today. God is here this morning to set you and to make you free. Whoever is living in fear secretly, God is making you free. I remember Esther, Esther or Nitu, how some miscreants used to come in the midnight trying to break into her, you know, to her, to her apartment, break the door. And the door was very weak because I've been to the house before in UI with my family. Very weak door, just kicked like this to come down. And yet they could not find their way in because God prevented them. God kept them out. God will keep you. In this electioneering period and season when they are kidnapping people and using people for rituals, you will not be usable. In fact, you will not be kidnappable. If the, we don't care whether that word exists in English or not. You will not be kidnappable. And you will not be usable to the ritualist in the name of Jesus. When they see you, they take off. When you are coming, they cross the road. Because God will make them see what you cannot see. You are always traveling with the host of heaven. A pastor got a distress call in America. Come over to this place. We need your help. And by the way, I don't know what is going on. Our messages in this church have been downloaded even more in America than in Nigeria. I just got the statistics last week. It was staggering. Audio Mark and all these other channels that I don't even know about. And God bless the media team for the great work you guys are doing. <laughs> I mean, across the U.S., different cities where I've never been. Plays different from downloads. The man being a pastor, you know, being a pastor, we are very vulnerable. A lady may even want to rape you and just send you text, Pastor, I have stomach pain. Please come and pay for me. Pray for me. That's why you two need to be careful. Sometimes don't go alone. Those ladies are not in this church. Can I have an amen? All the ladies in this church are daughters of Zion. Amen. Blessed and highly favored, going places, carrying the fire of God to the nations. Amen. The man traveled alone to that location. He got down from his car and there was nobody in the exact location. Looked around, walked around, 
You got a distress call. This, this is the address. I mean, this is America. Your GPS will take you to the address. So, well, when he didn't see anyone, he got back in his car and drove back. The next morning, he got a text message on his phone. Who were those soldiers with you yesterday? All clothed in white. As the man got down from the car, the soldiers got down with him. Marching. Va, va, va. Their legs in sync. Fully armed. The they actually wanted to kill the pastor. He didn't know. It was a setup. The people were hiding under the building and they just wanted him to come alone and to finish him. But as he stepped down from the car, the angels made themselves visible to the enemies, invisible to the man. Psalm 103 verse 20. Bless the Lord these angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. His angels excel in strength. You can't fight an angel. Ask Jacob. Till tomorrow, Jacob is like this. <laughs> no, you, you can't. They have supernatural, superhuman strength. If they want this building moved, they will move it. Without any injury to any of us. That's how powerful they are. Every time I'm flying in the air, my favorite scripture is Deuteronomy 33 and verse 27. The almighty God is your refuge. If you take it from verse 24, underneath are the everlasting arms. I imagine an angel of the Lord putting his hand under the airplane so my plane will not crash. Wherever I'm flying to, he's flying with me. If you are driving, go in the presence of the Lord. Go with the consciousness that you have the ministry of angels. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them that shall be heirs of salvation? Who are the heirs of salvation? Do I have one or two in this church? Angels have been sent forth to minister for you. To assist you. To protect you. They can sit on the bonnet of your car. You don't see them. They don't obstruct you. You keep driving. They are ensuring that the journey is safe. What enough miscreants on your wing. A child of God has no need to live in fear. I'll go very quickly. I'll give you three points. I want you to know that fear is real. Fear is a spiritual force in the unseen realm causing havoc in the physical realm. There are two realms. And I take this before I give you the point. Now this is before the point. So this is pre-point. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 17 and 18 tells us. I'll quote this very quickly. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In verse 18, he said, while we look not at the things which are seen, Thomas said, things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Say, things which are not seen. He said, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So there is the seen realm of existence, this realm. I can see grace. Grace can see me. I can see Deborah, you can see me, I can see you, you can see me. This is the sin realm. But life does not end here. Listen, there is another realm. It is called the realm of the spirit. It is also known as the unseen realm, the invisible realm. And I submit to you, that realm is more real than this one. Hmm? Ah, what, you don't, what you don't see does not exist is a lie. What you don't see is more real, exists more than what you see. Before people die here, they, they are switched off in the realm of the spirit. Fear 
and faith, both of them operate in the realm of the spirit. But they have effect on us here. Every sickness, most of them, most sicknesses, most diseases, if you trace them, and listen medical students, listen nurses, listen doctors, if you trace them at the root, you will find fear there. I'll give you an example. There's something called anxiety disorder. Or there's high blood pressure that everybody knows. What causes high blood pressure? Somebody's agitated. And they have palpitations. Why do they have palpitations? Fear. How am I going to pay my bills? The landlord is coming tomorrow. Oh God, I've called everybody. I've done the best I can. Are they going to throw my stuff out? Like a boy, they lived in the shop for, for 10 months. That's not a palatable experience. And people come to church sometimes. We don't know what they are going through. That's why I beg you, this church, let us make it a, love, a family where love reigns supreme. You don't know what people are going through. So don't look at people and just downsize them and, and talk down on them. You don't know what they are going through. Having their bed in the shop is that easy. And yet coming to church. Some people will keep malice with God. They will never come to church. Let's be careful how we treat one another. So they're thinking, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my bills? How will I pay my bills? Where will I get a new apartment from? How will I survive this? Maybe you are a businessman. You are supposed to deliver something at a particular time, and there's a delay from China. And because of that delay, you are now experiencing one extra month delay, which is going to cost you money and cost you a lot of customers. Now, the tendency is that you are worried, you are anxious, you can't sleep well, you lose your appetite, you stand up in the middle of the night, you sit on your bed, you go again, and then you heave a sigh. Hmm. And every time you do that, your BP goes up. Anytime pressure comes down on you, whether financial pressure, marital pressure, what kind of, whatever kind of pressure, when it comes down on you, the blood pressure goes the opposite direction. You're worried. Worried sick. To the point that it affects your taste bud. Now, you medical students know what they call parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. If you have ever been given a hot chase by a Rottweiler, you will have an idea of what I'm saying. I think it's the sympathetic that goes into action first, isn't it? Your heartbeat will go faster. Your, your blood pressure will go up. You will sweat. Sweat will break out on your face. It doesn't matter how, how cool you were before. Maybe, God, fortunately, the dog is the type that listens to its owner. And the owner saw the dog chasing after you and says, Jack! And then Jack stops. And then you've, you've, you've skilled the fence. And you look back and see Jack and see the owner. And the owner is your friend. Bye! <laughs> now your body will take time to adjust. You can taste that fear in your tongue. It is from the unseen realm. Why were you running when you saw the Rottweiler? Somebody said because of fear. What is fear? Fear is faith. Faith in the ability of that dog to damage you. You believed if that dog should catch you where you were, it would destroy something. So, zap! And then the dog chases after you. 
Listen, the devil is a toothless bulldog. He's been defeated. He can charge at you. James 4, 7, 7. James 4, 7 says, You submit yourself therefore to God. Resist him and he will flee from you. Glory be to God. What that lady did was resist that devil that possessed the potential rapist. Don't, don't surrender. Ladies, don't surrender just easily. Guys, don't surrender to the devil just easily. Well, you can have my neck. No. Put up a fight. Put up a fight. Put up the fight of faith. Don't surrender to that disease that is ravaging your body. Advancing from stage one to stage two. Well, it's still manageable. We can take care of it by surgery. Yeah, it's okay to go for surgery. I'm not against surgery. But in the name of Jesus, put up a fight. So the surgery can be successful. The Lord can do surgery on you. There are two rounds. In Hebrews 11.3, the Bible says all the things that are made were made from the things that are not seen. This sin realm was made from the unseen realm. That realm is more real than this realm. When you get promoted there, you get promoted here. When something goes wrong there, it goes wrong here. When it goes right there, it goes right here. That's why you need to stay in the word of God and send some seed into the unseen realm. That's why you need to be prayerful. Luke 18.1, Jesus spoke a parable to this end that men ought always, 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 always to pray and not faint. Our job 24-7 is prayer. You are the boss underneath your breath. You're not making noise for anybody to be distracted. Every time I'm taking a long flight, I pray till I fall asleep, wake up and keep praying. because the plane is going to crash, but it's an opportunity for me. I love to fellowship with the Lord. You pray to the point you hit a gusher and you enjoy the prayer. One time an Indian lady was sitting next to me. We're going to America from Dubai. And she saw my mom. Mommy. She looked at me. Is everything okay? She didn't talk. I looked at her. I smiled. I had a book I was reading. <laughs> she looked at me again. After about three hours, I ministered Christ to her. Men ought always to pray. You can be so full of prayer that even in your sleep, your spirit keeps praying. They brought me pounded yam. They brought all those nonsense will stop. Pastor, a masculine was chasing me in the dream. It will stop. A masquerade can still come in the dream. But guess what? You will find yourself now chasing the masquerade. One of my friends, a very nice, I'll bring him to this church one day. He was going home from work. In his, this was not in the dream. This was physical. And in his neighborhood, they, they were doing this masquerade festival. Everybody was slamming their doors. They were running. The street was clear. There was commotion. And as he was coming, he saw the egugu, the masquerade. And the masquerade was coming towards him and charging at him. He said he was also coming towards the masquerade. Masquerade was coming. It was coming. He said the masquerade got to, to, to throw me. He jumped up and held the head of the masquerade and brought it down and located the ear of the masquerade and spoke dangerous tongues there. Kadubaya, Kalaka, Dangerous man. I 
like such people. We are not to be intimidated. The Christians that are Christians, those who have Christ in them, are not supposed to be intimidated at all. For the people that do know their God shall be weak. And do what? They don't talk stories, they do exploits. You get to a place, the atmosphere changes because you carry God. Soaks in the place of prayer. Prayer can change the weather. Without God, time and time again in this church, every time of a blaze, we take care of the weather. Not once has God disappointed us. One man, Elijah, prayed for three and a half years. He didn't rain. When he was tired, he said, okay, now nah, I won't rain. He went back to pray again and there was rain. My God. And he was a man of like passions. I have many examples to give you, but I have to finish this today. Number one thing I want you to note is that fear is not of God. Tell your neighbor, fear is not of God. Please, if there's anything you will get from this message, if my time is up, I don't mind, I can stop. But get this. And if the Lord will permit me, I'll continue next week. Fear is not of God. Because people think that when we say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, they think it's the same fear. No! The word fear there in that context is talking about the reverence of God. Reverential, worshipful adoration of God. When you reverence God in your life and say, oh God, I love you. I'm not going to do this because of you. That's what we're saying. That's what we call the fear of God. Not the fear you exhibit when you see a rattlesnake. Huh? Ah, God! God is there. God will kill us. No, no. God is here. He's loving us. Can I have an amen? Fear that makes people cringe. You want to write an exam, and that thing is telling you, this one is carryover. This one is extra year. Is not of God. I'll give you scriptures. Romans 8, 15 and 16. Can I have that very quickly on the screen? Romans 8, 15 and 16. The Bible tells us, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry what? Abba, Father. We have been adopted into God's family. When you are adopted, you have become a part of that family. You bear their name. Everything the children are entitled to, biological children are entitled to, you are also entitled to. We have been grafted into the family of God so we can cry Abba, Abba, Father. We can say, Dad, you are my dad. He said, but we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is a spirit that binds people. It's a spirit of bondage. That's why those of you in the creative sector, you know that anytime you are agitated, you are worried, you are anxious, you are full of fear, your creativity is hampered. If you're a writer, you can't, stories will not flow. You're a content creator. There's no content to create. Even if you're a student, you are blank, you are reading. Your eyes are reading through the words, but your brain is not assimilating anything. Ah! Oh God, will I pass this test? Will I pass this exam? Because fear is in oppression. Fear is a spirit of bondage. It is not from God. And you shall know Jesus, the son of God, the truth, and the truth will put you in bondage. No, the truth will make you free. Can I have an amen to that? 2 Timothy 1.7. This one puts it very straight, very direct. 2 Timothy 1.7. Very quickly, it said, for God, somebody say God, has not given us the spirit of fear. So listen, church. When we have the spirit of fear operating in our lives, the Bible said God has not given us. Then who has given us? The devil. 
And listen, whatever God does not give, you don't need. What has God given? The spirit of power, spirit of love, and that of a sound mind. When fear is in operation, your mind will not be sound. If they ask you a simple question, you go blank. What is photosynthesis? I mean, <laughs> for your level. <laughs> photosynthesis, like you finish in GS3. Photosynthesis. Photo. Cynthia. Esis. Fear. People go to the embassy. They ask one woman. She told me this herself. Her daughter invited her. She graduated from the University of Virginia. And she got to the embassy in Lagos and they said, Where, what country are you going to? Country. They deliberately asked. Because sometimes they can see when they ask you for your biometrics, people's, people's hands are shaking like this. Fingers are shaking. So they note you. They say, what country are you going to? I mean, I would have simply asked, answered that question in a way that even the, the consular officer would have felt embarrassed. What kind of question is that? <laughs> I mean, the last time I checked, I'm in the United States Embassy. I'm going to the United States of America. Oh, yeah, it's just fine. No, da, 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 da. okay, better. Let's move on. But they asked her, what country are you going to? She said, Virginia. Virginia is a state, not a country. Fear. Fear. Do you know that in the exam hall, in some schools, especially some of the polytechnics, they will take somebody that is in business admin. You will be sitting next to somebody in SLT, science lab tech. The next person is in accounting. The next one is in... Uh, 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 insurance. <laughs> Out of fear. Maybe they say five more minutes, you hand in your script. The one studying business me will be copying the one writing SLT. Just to fill in the gap. So, well, she will put me get quite anything. I was not told. I've seen these things happen. Out of fear. See, I just want to fill. I just want to fill. I can't submit a blank paper. I say, Our courses are not. Say, Forget Fear makes people do stupid things. It's funny now, but it's really not funny. Why do some Christians say, I will marry anybody? Out of fear. Time is going. I'm not married. Will I remain unmarried for the rest of my life? Because of time, I, I, I guess I'll just make this my only point, And then, well, I believe the Lord will permit me. I'll move on next Sunday. And then share with you also in that message what the Lord put in my heart for the year. Um, are you getting blessed anyways? Notice that fear is not of God. Let this be established in your heart. So whenever anything is coming that is not of God, don't receive it. Don't accept it. Our children, we train them. You don't accept stuff from strangers like every other child. You see some children are very smart. You give them something, they say no. They won't take it. If you give it to their parents, the parents will give it to them at home. Then they are confident in taking it. Because they have come to trust their parents that their parents will not give them something that will hurt them. But you are a stranger. I am not going to take it from you. When the devil brings sickness and disease, don't take it from him. Because you have not received that from God. Will God give you sickness as a birthday gift? A little headache for your valentine. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Notice this also. Fear paralyzes people, cripples them, and abort their miracles when allowed to operate. 
How does this happen? Just as faith connects you to the power of God, fear connects you to Satan, the thief and the chief abortionist. In John 8, 44, Jesus rebuked the Jews, the Pharisees especially. He said, you have your father, the devil, and it is the lust of your father you're going to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. There's no truth in Satan. Anything Satan tells you is a lie. You're on a bike. Don't take bike. I don't like it. Me, personally. The risk is just too much. But you find yourself on the bike. For some reason, you have to be on the bike. And the devil says, now this is your last bike ride. You are going under that trailer. Listen, the Holy Ghost never talks like that. Tell him you are a liar. You know what Christians do? They flip a finger over their head. No, that doesn't work. Speak. Speak. Sometimes you might, you might sound crazy. Speak. <laughs> you are protecting your destiny. I shall not die but live to declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You don't fight thoughts with flipping of fingers. You fight thoughts with words. Words are higher. Are you with me? Jesus said when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. Because he's the originator of lies. For he is a liar and the father of it. When the devil tells you anything, don't believe him. If he says, good morning, go check the time, it's a lie. I mean, he, just, he can't just tell the truth. Jesus said, there is no truth in him. I don't know why some of us are believing the devil. How do you think fear comes? Fear comes when we believe the devil. Write it down. And media, make note of this. Fear comes when we believe the devil. Fear comes by believing the devil. Faith comes by believing the words of Jesus. Fear comes by believing the devil. Both of them come by hearing. What is fear? I'm giving you definitions of fear. Fear, again, I must tell you, is faith contaminated. When faith becomes contaminated, it becomes fear. What is fear? Fear is faith flipped over to the other side. When you flip faith to the other side, what you have is fear. How come you fear that man? You fear him because you think he can kill you. What does that mean? You have faith in the ability of that man to kill you. So you run away from him. That's fear. Are you with me? Fear cripples people. Fear cripples ideas. Some of us have not started our own business today because of fear. Some of you have not taken that course. You haven't taken your academics to the next level because of fear. Fear of failure. What if I fail? Excuse me, what if you pass? What if you succeed? Uh, what if I do it and nobody patronizes me? What if you do it and everybody patronizes you? Fear cripples ideas. That's why some have remained small today in the body of Christ. God has huge plans for them. God doesn't make small plans. Huge for every one of us. Mega. Mega plans. But hey, I, I, I'm not adequate. I'm not equipped enough, I'm not educated enough, I'm not connected enough, I'm not, 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 let me just remain small, nobody knows me, I'm comfortable like this, hey, you are destroying the lives of other people because when you go mega, you'll affect so many more people, positively, are you with me, fear, I love this, Gideon's army, okay, before I go to Gideon's army, let me give you a good example, then I'll give you some examples that are not good. A good example, Judges 5-7. There was a woman called Deborah. The situation of the nation at the time is like the situation of Nigeria now. Take it from verse 6. 
kidnappers and armed robbers had taken the highways, like you're going from Ibano to Lagos or Ibano to Oshu State or to Ekiti State or Ndo State and all. They were all over the place. So the travelers were now using the byways instead of the major highway. The men were, they were urinating in their pants. They could not face these enemies. Until one day a woman rose up and said, no, enough is enough. A woman that knew God, for the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and do. They will do anything. King James said exploit. They will do anything. Come on, rise up. I mean, women have raised the dead. We are men, run away. Otiku, let's make outcry, burial plans. And a woman goes and says, in the name of Jesus, I'm not letting go, you come out. Get back! And the operation, through the operation of the gift of faith, she receives the dead, the spirit back into the body. Through the operation of the working of miracles, the person comes back to life. And through the operation of the gifts of healings, they are healed of the plague that kills them and they come back alive. God has no respect for sex. You make yourself available, whether male or female, God uses you. Are you with me? Are you with me? Deborah changed the order of the day. In the days of Shamgar. <laughs> go, go, go to verse 6, please. Verse 6, Judges 5, 6. Quickly, please. I don't have all the time. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anna. In the days of Jael. Jael was another woman. One of their enemies came to her tent. And the enemy, the enemy warriors, like when you say head of Boko Haram. And the guy asked for water. She didn't know that Jael knew him as the main terrorist. She didn't give him water. She gave him a bottle, a, a bowl of milk. You know, somebody asked for water, you give them milk. Wow! The guy was very happy. He was drinking glue, 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 glue. And she brought him butter. The Bible says in a lordly, lordly dish. King James English. Fanciful dish. Like a kingly dish. The kind of dish you used to serve a king. Women, please be wise. Be wise. She was going to kill the man. But she said, let me make him feel comfortable. That was the enemy that men could not kill. But the man entered into one of the tents. And the woman made him very comfortable. The guy was drinking milk. He was drinking glue, 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 glue. Ah, who are you? This man who was there. I just, I'm the maiden of the Lord. I'm the, I'm just a girl, my Lord. Who am I? She was preparing butter. She brought the butter. Ah, the guy was feasting. The Bible says with her hand, she took a nail. And with her right hand, she took, the ham she took an hammer. And as the guy was drinking and eating butter, she went for this place. The, what do you call this? Also? Uh, uh, what do you call this one? Adam's apple. Whatever name you call it. Many good people, you know it. She went for that place, the jugular, and drove the nail with the hammer. Pah! Blood flowed everywhere. The guy died. The name of Jael entered that record. Strong woman of courage. Ladies, be courageous. Take over your faculty in school. Take over your department. Take over. Take over. If the men are sleeping, take over, ladies. Men, don't sleep. Okay, forget about that. Thank you. God bless you. Go back to Judges 5, where I was. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, and the days of Jael. You see, the names of these people entered the book because of what they did. May your name enter good records. In your school, in your places of work, in the places of business, 
in, in the ministry, may your names enter good places, good records. In life, you are either a blessing or a lesson. Don't choose to be a lesson, be a blessing. Nobody will be in the expression house forever, like I always say. But the time you are here, can we feel your impact? Do you invite people to church? Do you even tell them about your church? Do you tell them about Jesus? Do you encourage them to listen to the messages? How passionate are you about this house? Or you are the one that is coming to even invite people from here to one church somewhere, to one prayer meeting somewhere. Jesus said, if you are not building with me, then you are scattering because there is no neutral ground. You are either for me or against me. That also will be in the record. Whatever anybody does, will be in the record. Pastor Fred will not be here forever. But the period he pastored, he had the privilege to pastor. It will be in the record on earth and in heaven what he did. If he was taking advantage of the girls, say, you are my daughter in the faith. Oh, yeah, better take off your clothes. I want to do deliverance. And deliverance is inside your chest. If that is what he's doing, it will be in the records. Heaven is recording. Earth is recording. And there will be three that bear record in heaven. Another three bear record in the earth. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked through byways. They walked through byways. They walk through byways. They walk through byways. Legege. Legege. iPhone something. <laughs> I don't know who sang that, that song. But I know it's said Legege. So they were walking Legege. Legege. They could not travel on the major way. But they were traveling Legege. By the byways. One woman said, no. Enough is enough. A woman. Go on. The inhabitants of the village ceased. They ceased in Israel. What does that mean? They kept quiet in their tent. Children wanted to cry. They covered their mouth. <laughs> Lest the terrorists come in and destroy them. Until that I, Deborah, arose. That I arose, a mother in Israel. A mother arose. I said, man, let's go. We are taking the battle to the gate of the enemy. And God going with them, they cleared the way. In some churches today, mother in Israel is a title. Mommy, kiniko, kiniko, lady, most reverend, most lady evangelist, mother in Israel. No, sir, no, ma. That's religion. In the Bible, it was not a title. It was an expression of who she was. She was just a mother. Like when I say a father in Israel, a mother in Israel. Where were the fathers in Israel? Deborah was courageous. She did not cow before fear. She did not bow the knee to fear. Church, I encourage you. What is that thing that is intimidating you? Go and look for it today and go and intimidate that thing. Drive it out! In my room, you know, when, Pastor, when I sleep, they'll be pressing me down. Go and press them. Go and look for the ones that press you. Begin to press them spiritually. Clear your room. Take charge. When you're in an environment, take charge. It's not by shouting. Enter quietly. Father, Lord, God. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are with me. And now we are here. We establish the kingdom, the power, and the glory. In the name of Jesus, every other voice that is not of God, I command you to be silent for the next 30 minutes of this meeting. You see that? 
I'm gradually retreating from anchoring events now. I'm telling you that. But in my little time remaining, that the Lord will permit, one of my secrets before, I, when I get into an event center, usually I get there before the event starts, I sit down, I take charge. I don't know what spirits are coming. Some of these rulers and all kinds of people, they come with all manner of demons, jamming the whole place. There was one, <laughs> oh God, myself and the first son of the monarch, who now happened to be a pastor now from a Muslim family, were on the platform, UIICC. There were four MCs, all of them senior. I was, young, I was a very small one there. So we were taking turns to go and introduce the Ulu of Wari, the Kiniko of Kiniko. So before my turn, when it was almost my turn, there was this man talking. I was behind him, gave him some little space. Angry Koloma the first son of the monarch was on my side. He too was praying in tongues. I didn't notice. He looked at me, then I looked up, and then we, our eyes fixed. He smiled. He said, you're my brother. I said, yes, sir. So, we came close to each other. We held hands. He said, let's continue. <laughs> Until the kingdom of this world becomes the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. We are not going to rest. Can I have an amen? So, you are it. Go and take over UI for Jesus. Polite, go and take over Polytechnic for Jesus. FSSI, go and take over FSS for Jesus. School of nursing people, go and take over for Jesus and drive out the devil there. When UCH take over UCH for Jesus. That was what Deborah did. It's a lie Deborah arose, the mother in Israel. Let me give you an example that is not too good. The army of Gideon. Judges, the same Judges, chapter 7, and in verse 3. They were going to fight the Midianites. Gideon gathered an army of 32,000 people. 32,000. I guess I'll stop here. And God said, look, these guys are too many. Trim them down. In verse 3, God said, ask them, whoever is fearful and afraid to go back. Uh -uh. If I were Gideon, I would have argued with God. Uh -huh. There were many men in Israel. This one signed off to join the army. I didn't force them. They signed off. They, I want to go and fight. Well, why are you in the army? Are you in the Lord's soldier? Yes, sir. Are you in the Lord's army? Yes, sir. On war, Christ is marching as to war, not as to church, as to war. Then Gideon announced, if you are fearful and afraid, please go back. We'll see later. May you not die in the war front, though. We'll see. Za, 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 za. They were going. Were they armed? Yes, to the teeth. Were they muscular? Yes, sir. Why were they now living? They were fearful and afraid. Two things. Fearful, full of fear. Then the fear now found, ex found expression in being afraid. They carried the gun, but their legs were shaking. <laughs> they had done parade that morning, you know. They had shot in the air. Fra! Two thousand left. Twenty-two kids. 
Only 10K. I want to grow up face the media and I 200,000. You know when you have 32,000, ah, I have everybody with me. Hey, pastors and young ministers, listen. Not everyone that says they're with you is actually with you. I learned that from Jesus. I'm with you, I'm praying for you. Uh, it's okay. When crunch time comes, 22,000 left, it remains 10,000. God said, that is still too many for me. I will help you trim them down. Get them to go to the water, let them drink. Anyone that laughs with the tongue like a dog, tell them to step aside. Anyone that bows down to drink, tell them to step aside. So some people went to the water, they bent like this, and they were laughing. They had their weapon in their hand, one hand to laugh, and tongue to laugh like a dog. But they still had their weapon. Hallelujah. They dropped their weapons and bent down and they started drinking as if there was no tomorrow. <laughs> they dropped their weapons. So God said those ones, as they dropped their weapons, drop them. Now, how many had their weapons and laughed? 300. Somebody left Israel with 32,000. Now he's going to war with 300. God trimmed them down. 10% of 32,000 will be 3,200. 1% of that will be 320. God went to that battle with less than 1%. Because 300 is less than 1%. To let you know that God doesn't need the crowd to do whatever he wants to do in your life. Are you with me? Look, you might be the only one that will change the trajectory of your family. Don't wait until your sisters and brothers agree with you before you can pray for a change, for a revival. The few of us here can fill up this auditorium three times if we are going to be faithful in two ways. Intercessory prayer and number two, reaching out. Telling somebody. Even when Jesus was here physically, somebody had to tell somebody. Peter had to tell Andrew. Somebody had to tell Bartholomew until they told Nathaniel. Tell somebody about your Jesus and about your fellowship, about your church. Amen? And see whether God will reward you or not. Don't be like the children of Ephraim. Psalm 78 and verse 9. The children of Ephraim, they were weaponized, armed to the teeth. But in the day of battle, they turned back. Go and listen to my series on be bold and be courageous. It will help you. Proverbs 24 and verse 10. The Bible says if your strength is small, and if you fail in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. Give it to me in the message translation. This will bust, bust somebody's bubble. Proverbs 24 and verse 10. I want to stop now. Proverbs 24 and verse 10. It said if you fall to pieces in a crisis, I like the rhymes, if you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Some people, when the little crisis happens like this, oh, that's when you know they have no faith. With all your speaking in tongues, now something small. Hey, life is not a playground. Take care of your fear. I'll continue from here next week. Let me give you one more point. Number two. Because I gave them two points in the first service. And I thought I would do more this time. But let me just mention this one. Number two. Note. Fear is false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. False evidence 
appearing real. So, it is actually a lie. Every fear Satan advertises to you is a lie. Don't buy it from him. Don't patronize him. And don't entertain him. If you stop the fear, you will stop Satan from, from operating in your life. And from operating around you. Jesus said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Only believe. Stop the fear. Only believe. Mark 5.34. In Ephesians 4.27, the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. Stand on your feet, everybody. On your feet, I will tell you a little bit about Job. In Job 3, on the screen, please. Job 3, 25 to 26. Job said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Listen, church. Fear is the perfume of the enemy. Don't wear it. If you wear it, they will come looking for you. And you don't want Satan to visit you. Faith is God's perfume. You wear that, God comes looking for you. Job, even though a man that feared God, was also living in fear of calamity. Satan told him, your children will die. Every day he made sacrifices. Maybe they've committed sins. God, please forgive them. Don't let them die. Don't let them die. God, please have mercy. God, please. Oh Lord, God, please. Every day. Then one day, that thing that he feared happened. Please be careful. The reason some people don't fly, they don't, tra they don't travel by air, is they say they're afraid of flying. No. You're not afraid of flying. You're actually afraid of dying. So check your life. What is it that makes me fearful? Deal with it. Deal with it so that it doesn't deal with you in the future. Look at Job. For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Next verse. I was not in safety. Who told you you were not in safety? Neither had I rest. Neither was I quiet. Yet trouble came. This same Job. In Job chapter 1. The sons of God came before God and Satan came among them. Job 1, 6 to 10. And God said, Satan, where are you coming from? He said, from walking up and down in the earth and walking to and fro in it. God said, have you considered my servant Job, a man that loves God and has killed evil? Hear what Satan said about Job. And compare that to what Job said about himself. Satan said, does he fear you for nothing? Job 1, 9. Have you not made, come on, go on. Have you not made an edge? a protection about him? How did Satan find that out? Because he had tried to attack Job before. But he couldn't penetrate. There was a wall. Every time he tried to hit, the, hit Mr. Job, he hit his head on the wall and he fell back. Ah, God did this because he's invisible. Somebody say, there is an edge around me. There is an edge around my family. There is a protection around everything that belongs to me. Say everything. Say everything. 
Say everything. If they have been stealing from you before, from today, they will not be able to steal from you and get away with it anymore in the name of Jesus. Look at that. Have you not made a hedge about him? Not only that, when Satan failed, he tried to attack the house of Job. Church, that's why we should involve, get involved in intercessory prayer. If Satan fails on one of us, he will try the church. He will try our family. He will try your mom. He will try your dad. He will try your siblings. Pray for them. Satan found the edge about Job's house also. And he didn't stop there. About all that he has on every side. All that he had. Including Job's camels, oxen, sheep, cattle, cars, houses, phones, if he had come. Have you not made a head about him? Have you not protected him? Then I say, hey, Job, Job, a man that fears me. Have you not protected him? How did you know that I protected him? Because I tried to attack him. It wasn't working. But see how Job himself brought down the protection with his mouth. No, no, we're not done with verse 10. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands. And his substance is increased in the land. And Satan got mad that God blessed the works of Job's hands. That tells me that when God blesses you, your substance will increase. Anybody ready for increase this year? God will bless you. And your substance will increase. This is not the year to experience a decrease. Those of you that have customers, God will expand your customer base good clients. Those of you that are into programming, needing people to give you contracts, you'll have more contracts than you can handle this year. Lawyers, fashion designers, makeup, makeover artists, chefs, uh, you're into catering business, you're into whatever business. God will bless the work of your hands. Graphic artists, web designers, fashion illustrators, Whatever you do, God will bless the works of your hands. And as a result, your substance will increase. Can I get a better amen? amen. Satan was jealous. Have you not blessed him? And his substance has increased. I hear, again, increase. You will increase. And there is nothing Satan can do about it. Can I have an amen to that? Unfortunately for Job, this Mr. Job was just joined away. The same man that had the protection around him kept saying, I don't know what my children have done. No, maybe they've broken the edge. I don't know. I don't want them to die. Oh, please, Lord, don't let them die. Oh, God, oh, God. They did not die. They did not die. Then that which he feared, that they would not die, happened. Stop the fear. Only believe. Stop the fear. I told them in the dawn service, this is the last illustration. Two illustrations. A family of faith, they had one of their daughters attacked in America. And the devil said, that's it. This was in Texas. That's it. The doctors gave them damning reports. The younger sister to the mother of the child looked at the mother of the child in the eyeball face to face. And she said, 
in the name of Jesus, I refuse to feel. The mother of the child said that faith entered into her. Everybody in the family, the mood and the atmosphere changed. They could believe God again. They took communion. That girl came back to life. She's alive till today. When America says it's over, it's almost over. But if the Lord says it's not over, it is not over. My son was two years old. Come on, boy. When he came down with a chest infection, we carried him to church that night, and he was drooling saliva from his mouth like this. Very cute boy. This boy was the cutest two-year-old when he was two. He's still cute now, isn't he? Don't, don't, don't hate. Participate. Because your own son too will be cute. Amen? And so rejoice with the one that has a cute son. Don't hate. Tell your neighbor, say, don't hate. Participate. Tell another neighbor, say, neighbor, don't hate. Participate. The saliva was smelling terribly bad. We knew obviously something was wrong. Two-year-old boy. Took him to the hospital, two hospitals. We got to the second one. They ran the test. And the doctor looked, he got it from the laboratory. In America, they call that laboratory. From the laboratory. The doctor looked at me and looked my wife in the, in the face and said, this result is really bad. Tears welled up in my wife's eyes. They were going to well up in my eyes. I fought them back. He said, but this boy does not look this sick. This result is really bad. And I said, very quickly, in the name, I spoke out loud in the doctor's office, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to fear. Do that now, somebody. Say it with me. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to fear. I don't know that situation. Close your eyes. Put that situation in front of you. Now say with me. In the name of Jesus. I refuse to fear. A couple of days in the hospital. Knocked them off with antibiotics. We took care of that situation in the realm of the spirit and we thank God for the doctors for their help that they could render. He was discharged. Because he was a very active boy, they had to clench his fist, the right one, and plaster it. So he was a boxer for one week. Because this boy, this young man, would have removed all the drips and everything. He would have... So they clenched the fist. Now I remember when I came to the hospital the final day, he stretched it to me and said, Daddy, Daddy, remove it. What's this? I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry, son. God bless you. Look at the boy now. Father, we honor you in the name of Jesus. We leave this auditorium today in the spirit of faith. We silence the adversary. Whatever adversary is harassing any of your children, 
We silence that adversary permanently. In the name of Jesus. We take authority over the spirit of fear. That crippling spirit. Wicked spirit. We bind you. And we cast you out of our way. In the name of Jesus. We enter this week in the name of the Lord. We welcome February 2023 in the name of the Lord. And we will experience covenant blessings in February in the name of Jesus. The remaining days of January are blessed. We walk in victory. We walk in faith. We walk triumphantly. We walk in good news. We preach the gospel. We increase in the knowledge of God. Every sick person is healed. Every discouraged person is encouraged. Everyone looking for help is highly favored. Nothing but the kingdom of God is what will happen to us this month. Welcome February. In the name of God the Father. The Son Jesus Christ. And the Holy Ghost. Amen. What a way to end the month and to enter another one. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the sweet communion of the precious Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Has two guests brought time? Are you angry?